markets become such a quote unquote, what feels like a commoditized environment that everybody feels mm -hmm. they can be a marketer, right? So I, I use the analogy, it's like, hey, you see a rocket ship go up because you saw the rocket ship go up. Do you think you could be a rocket scientist? <laughs> so what I think, you know, the proximity we have now to marketing is like, oh, I saw a TV ad. Oh, I'm on social. I can be a marketer now, right? Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, I get to speak with Anne Candido and April Martini, and they are the co-founders of Forthright People, an on-demand branding and marketing agency focused on helping businesses of all sizes quickly capture the hearts of their customers without breaking the bank. And by all sizes, they mean from individuals' personal brand to multi-million dollar corporations. They do this by meeting businesses where they are through their model of coach, train, do. This on-demand nature lets businesses control their investment in time, money, and deliverables while maintaining agility in this dynamic world. And we're going to talk all about things that they have done in their past and all the wonderful things that each of them have contributed to their business now and their entrepreneurial journey as well. But before we do that, we're going to talk about the marketing essentials moments, the basics that you need to help you build your brand and your bottom line. In today's topic, I want to talk about culture and branding. I firmly believe that your culture starts from the inside out and so does your branding. Your branding is your culture. Your culture is your branding, right? And so when you have a team of people that are working together, that are building a culture, whether you like it or not, they're still going to build that culture. And so if you are a leader who wants to help develop and nurture and grow your company culture so that it exudes outwardly to your customers and the people who know you and, and will experience what you have to offer, what your people have to offer, some of the things that you can consider in helping to continue to build your brand culture, uh, think about how your people may have a strong sense of purpose. Do they all align with the sense of purpose of the company? And if you don't even have something written down or displayed on the wall or in a mantra that you may say in your, your daily meetings or something of that nature, really consider what is the purpose of your company? Why are you doing what you're doing? And are your employees in alignment to what it is that you are doing too? And then what are the stories that uh, can be passed along from generation to next generation? And then those stories get passed along to your clients, your vendors, all of the stakeholders that are out there. And now the new theme of shareholders aren't just the shareholders of your company in the traditional sense in a financial shareholder position. They are your employees too. They share the stories of your company, right? They're the shareholders. So if they can share to their social media all about your company, then they're going to have stories to share and things that they can talk about and tell other people. Now, you want to make sure that those things that they're telling other people about are good things, right? Positive things that they want to experience and have other people know about. But those stories are really important. On the flip side, those stories can also be devastating if you're not careful. So think about the experiences that you're giving your people and how they're going to share that with your customers, your clients, the people who you know help support your business altogether, right? And then think about all of those experiences that bring all of your 
people together from everywhere from the vendors to the networking functions that you might do to the things that the employees are doing, if they're doing trade shows, if they're on a phone call, uh, if they're in the line at the grocery store, what are they saying about your company? And is it what you want them to say? Is it the culture that you want to be portrayed? And there might be some things that you can do to think about how you can strategically shift the culture in your favor. And that way it'll help with recruiting, it'll help with employee retention, it'll help with recruiting new clients and customers on board, right? So think about what you can do to help in sharing your brand value, the stories, the voice, the tone, the tonality, the personality of your brand. Those are all a part of your company culture, right? And we want to be able to encourage and reward those people who share and live that brand promise. And that can strengthen the bond between your staff and your customers, your crew and your customers, right? And so thinking about how you can continuously build and shape and mold and grow that and things change over time. Think about how we've really had to change our company culture during the pandemic when we were all working from home or, uh, you know, doing different things in different places, right? Working from wherever we were at at the time and keeping our employees engaged, our customers engaged. And think about the timeframes and the outcomes that you want. What kind of things mean and matter most to you in your company culture and how can you Call on some maybe culture champions to help you continue to tell that story and build that brand and drive some change throughout the company culture if you feel like you need it. And there's lots of tools out there, lots of consultants, lots of people. We do our annual culture and brand camp that's coming up. Uh, we're preparing for, we've brought it back after a hiatus. So we're really excited and getting uh, prepared to do our culture and brand camp, uh, which is more like an adult day camp that will uh, have uh, people come and their teams bring their teams together and we have speakers talking about culture and branding. And so, yeah, the culture and brand camps coming up, but we'll have more on that as we go. But just keep that in mind. What can you do to continuously build your brand and your bottom line through your culture? Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Pepper Shock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today I have two guests with me. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you. We're Hi. so happy to nice. be here. Yeah, fantastic to be here. And so let's just uh, share a little bit, say, say who you are, what you do, and let's, let's kind of give a little background about why you're coming together now and what you're up to these days. Sure. So I'm April Martini, half of fourth rate people with my partner Ann Candido. So I will just start out by saying we sound the same to a lot of folks. So if you're listening and you <laughs> can't tell the difference, that's why we do sound similar. Uh, but we partnered together, gosh, it's been about three years ago now to form forthright people. And we do on-demand marketing and branding for folks. Our model is coach, train, do, which means we can be your business coach. We can train you and your staff how to do the work, or we can execute it on your behalf. And of the duo, I am the agency side. So I will let Ann introduce what that means and what the other side is, but that's me. And again, I'm April. Yeah, and I'm Ann Candido, and obviously the other half of Forthright People, and I come from the corporate side. Um, so what me and April like to say is we kind of are 
a match made in heaven, but an unlikely match, uh, so to speak, because usually those relationships are contentious for anybody who works in a corporate agency environment. Usually we get the, uh, oh my gosh, are you guys kidding? Um, but <laughs> it does help us give like a really complete and really um, holistic purview of everything that business and marketing and branding has to offer. So we find that's a high value to all of our clients. And yeah, that's a little bit about us. Excellent. So we, I want to know, how did you guys come together? <laughs> oh, this is a funny story. April. you can tell it from your perspective and I can add a little bit of my perspective because it's kind of funny. She likes to put me in this hot seat because I'm the one that came in skeptical and that kind of defines our relationship. I'm always the processor, but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to answer how we met. So uh, I worked in agency environments, several of them. I was definitely a career jumper for about 15 years or so and then went out on my own. And I thought it was going to take me a bit longer than it did to put together a network of folks and kind of be at the helm of that. So in that at that moment in time, you either went to agencies or you went to individuals and there weren't a lot of folks managing the in-between. So I would pull the right people in but manage all of the work so there wasn't stress and strain on the clients having to do that. So that was my business and I had been running it for a, about a little over a year and a half. And I finally decided that, okay, I've done this, what's next? And then I also realized I was feeling just a little bit lonely. I was calling a lot of the shots and we were doing a lot of great work, but I didn't feel like I had someone to bounce ideas off of or create new thinking and new ideas with. And so born out of that was the idea that I would take any meeting that was proposed to me that year. And I say that as a very specific point because I did have a lot of PTSD, let's call it, working with P&G folks in the past <laughs> to the point of the agency corporate duo. They're notoriously one of the toughest ones here in Cincinnati. And so I was actually introduced by a very good friend to someone that that friend had worked with, which then eventually got me to and through that woman's husband so we say five <laughs> degrees of kevin bacon yeah also mm -hmm. if you're from the midwest i mean it's a very small world and small community here and when this contact of mine let's call her said i'm putting you in contact with ann candido she worked at procter and gamble for 20 years i looked at her like she was insane and she looked back and said <laughs> oh no no i know what the rule is you have to take any meeting that's put in front of you so that's how I initially met Anne. <laughs> well, there you yes. go. That's that's tough to do to take any meeting. Good for you. Cause that can be like, you just never know what you're going to get. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> oh so, yes. That was the, uh, that, that was like her pain and her gain, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, so Anne, when, when you were introduced by this mutual contact, then what did you know about April? I mean, kind of, how did that go for you? Yeah, so very interesting. So obviously, uh, April prelude to the fact that I spent 20 years at P&G. So I came with a certain reputation. So it was a little bit harder for me to get the meetings in some cases. <laughs> um, but I did meet with a, a mutual friend who I actually was like two or three degrees beyond where my initial contact was too. So it could be like five to seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, depending on which one of you're talking to us. <laughs> um, and so I met with her and she's like, oh, I, I just met with somebody who is in a bit around the same space and her name is April and you know, she's doing this thing. You're kind of doing this thing. You'd be you guys maybe good to meet up. So I was like, yeah, great. I'd love to meet new people. Right. <laughs> and so we met at this coffee shop and when she walked in and we started talking, I'm like, oh, 
I love her already. So I was already like progressed on to like the next date. And I was like already kind of going down the path, which is hard for me to actually find people that I find we kind of mutually connect both in attitude and viewpoint and then also just respect from an overall just so super smart and but she was still skeptical it took me three hours to warm her up and then um <laughs> after that we decided most of our meetings should be had over wine and that's what we started doing we started meeting every week for three hours to, just to start to brainstorm and think about what this could look like together and it probably took a couple months before we we're like all right we're gonna go do this yep um and then several months after that before we sunsetted our existing consultancies in order to really focus on uh, forthright people so it's definitely been a journey that's right. Okay. So tell me how you came up with the name. Oh man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So naming is, there are certain brand things. We both share a love for brand, which is something we definitely uh-huh. bonded over, but words and things like brand character, tone of voice. And I would put naming in the bucket related to that because it does become such a representation of your brand from a verbal perspective we did what we do for our clients. So we set up our brand positioning, we set our tone of voice. It is super hard to do it for yourself, but we Mm -hmm. committed to doing that. And then, I mean, I will just give a peek behind the curtain. One of the things that I do is take the tone of voice terms and then literally bring up the Mm thesaurus.com and start going through all of the words. And so together we would assign homework for, Gosh, I, I mean, between the positioning to the character to the naming again, it probably took us, I don't know, six-ish weeks or so mm-hmm. to really get into that. But forthright is just so foundational to who we are. And you heard mm-hmm. Han- you heard Anne say, we aligned on so much more than just the work or passion for the work. It's really foundationally who are we as people. Mm-hmm. And we're both pretty direct and we tell it like it is, but there's always a respect component to that. So we don't do it to cut people down. We don't do it to be nasty. We don't do it to say we're smarter than you. We do it because we really want to do what's best for the work. So that got us to forthright. And then candidly, we couldn't get that name right from a copyright mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that really pushed us to think even further than that. And so the people component came in the fact that we're serving people and we're working with people and the relationship is so important. And so we're looking for people to work with us that appreciate the forthright nature of who we are and how we do work. And we communicate that right off the bat to folks to the point of being direct. Very good. I uh, A couple of podcasts ago, one of the terms that uh, came up was bluff, bottom line, up front. And so it kind of reminded me, like, just say it like it is and, you know, be able to be, like you said, forthright. So I love it. Yep. I love the name. That's awesome. So I want to know about some of the maybe stories or case studies or things that you've done to help people what are some strategies or challenges that you had to overcome for some of your your clients that you want to that you care to share? Sure, I can start with that. Uh, we have a very varied book of clients, which has been really really fun for us because it brings new challenges. It helps to to grow the scope of branding and marketing in general, which we just love. Uh, I would t- I'll talk about one of our recent clients that we were able to successfully help them kind of transform a whole big event that they were doing. So this is Rising Star Casino 
in Rising Sun, Indiana. So if you're in the Cincinnati area and listening, I highly suggest you guys go check them out. They're kind of unknown because you're just kind of snuck back there and it takes a little while to get back there, but they have what's called Christmas Casino and it's a phenomenal event. They go all out and they create this really fantastic experience for, for folks. And I would say based on what I've seen, it's probably the one, like the closest to it that I've seen it is like New York city. They like, they like this, I'm saying when they go all out, they go all out, they bring in reindeer, they have sand every day, they have all these um, mechanical displays. And it's just really, really just awe-inspiring and just get you in the mood. But they weren't getting people there like they wanted to. And so they brought us in and asked us to take a look at what they were doing and give them a more comprehensive marketing communications plan that was going to help them be able to bring in people to Christmas Casino. And like I said, this is really tucked in there. So they're very local, but also their relationship with the local community wasn't quite what it probably needed to be in order to get that local support. So not only did we have to think about getting people there from beyond rising sun, we also had to grow the relationship with the community. So our marketing communications plan had uh, two prongs in order to go do that. Um, without going into all the details about exactly what we did, we were able to kind of get them to see marketing and branding in a, a, a different way and how to really establish those relationships that our name implies and that April says is so incredibly important to everything that we do. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we were able to make that the biggest Christmas casino they've ever had. Mm -hmm. um, and they've been doing it for at least a decade, if not more. So they were just blown away with uh, the amount of response that they were able to get. Um, but I think it just speaks to when you really are trying to understand the people that you want to come to your whatever it is, and that's your product or your service, because you're asking people to come to you. It's all about creating that brand love connection. That's like, okay, what is it about what you want? And what is it about what I have to offer that is going to make us a match? That's gonna make us have this relationship that you want me. And uh, that was always in, in, at the, in this uh, client and for all of our clients, the crux of what we do. Yeah, I'll pipe in there. So that's kind of the train do. So we mm -hmm. were helping to educate some folks on their team on, how to build that integrated marketing team and then also work more broadly within the organization to build a proper infrastructure for the events. And then we were obviously doing the doing, as you heard. So mm -hmm. on the other side, I'll speak to our coaching clients, which is a tremendous point of pride and satisfaction for me after living in the doing space so long at the agency. On the coaching side, I mean, you heard Anne say that with the Rising Star Casino, we were meeting that consumer where they were telling them what we had and enticing them to come join us, right? Because it was something mm -hmm. they would want. It's really very similar when we think about our coaching clients, but I think the thing that we bring and where we find success is that we're able to marry marketing brand and business challenges all together to identify what is best for the company really at a foundational level and provide outside perspective to these folks who are typically pretty tenured within their career but we sit behind them and support them and help be their champion and build whatever they're looking to do right so we can do everything from hey, it's a really young marketing team and it's my first time 
really building a team from the ground up to, hey, we have some cultural things going on in the organization and we need to iron that out before we do anything else to, hey, our brand is really stagnant and we're suffering within the category. I mean, those are some examples, but I think the breadth of what we can cover and then the relationships we build because we're able to really listen and connect with our clients as our quote unquote consumer at the end of the day, that helps us to be able to do the whole gamut of that coach train do model. Yeah, I, I think that it's very important to be able to get your clients to be in a space that they can take on doing the works that you're not the one doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's one way that we find like a lot of satisfaction, like when actually clients are like, okay, we well, don't need you anymore. We're like, yeah. I mean, like, you know, we, we're not sitting there trying to find a way to kind of just, you know, eke everything out of them that we possibly can. We find a tremendous amount of pride when they like, we think we, we, we kind of got it. We want to kind of try it. We're like, Hey, you know where to find us. Good for you guys. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. So I want to know maybe a little bit more about the types of clients that you truly enjoy working with. I mean, you mentioned that the people enjoy that want that forthright ideal, but if you had a perfect, you know, genie in a bottle and poof, here's your one wish, who, who is it that you would really love to work with and why? Well, I think you, you heard our backgrounds, right? And I didn't say this directly, but Anne came from P&G, which is one of the biggest brands, if not the biggest brand in the world. Um, and a lot of my early career was spent on those, you know, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies. And I think that while I am so grateful for that experience and it gave me so much exposure and so many different types of businesses to sink my teeth into, I really get a lot of pleasure and our business is focused on helping folks that probably are more in that mid-size-ish range mm -hmm. that are definitely looking for the forthright approach, want to hear us, want to have us be part of the team, want to be able to respect what we do and have us respect their business in turn. But people that really want the assistance and want a partner in doing so and are not shying away from the recommendations. We, we really find that really the handcuffs are off with those types of clients. And when we can get to a place of vulnerability where it's like, look, we have these challenges or I've never done marketing directly or I've never been part of a rebrand or here's the really deep problems that keep me up at night. We just find that there's the ability to have those types of relationships easier in those size of companies. And then on the other side of things, you can make change a lot quicker because mm -hmm. part of my frustration with the large clients was always the pace with which things moved. My early career, probably call it the first, oh, about four years I was in CPG, which is consumer packaged goods. And I can tell you that I had left the company and been gone years before I saw some of our products actually hit the shelf. So that immediate change and being able to enact change in business and really breathe new life and also help them test and learn strategies and not be afraid to try things. Those are the types of clients that we really, I think, attach to. I use the, the rocket ship analogy when mm -hmm. I, uh, when I try to really exemplify the kind of clients that we really, really like, which is, and you'll, you'll appreciate this, right? I'm sure most of your listeners will too. It's like, you know, markets become such a quote unquote, what feels like a commoditized environment that everybody feels mm -hmm. they can 
be a marketer, right? So I, I use the analogy, it's like, hey, you see a rocket ship go up because you saw the rocket ship go up. Do you think you could be a rocket scientist? <laughs> so what I think, you know, the proximity we have now to marketing is like, oh, I saw a TV ad. Oh, I'm on social. I can be a marketer now, right? Because I quote unquote understand these things. And mm -hmm. what we really appreciate about clients when in, in, in where we get to like really fabulous and amazing work is when the clients could be like, mm, I might not know everything that I think I should know, but I really know my business. Can you come in and help me figure out how to make my business really, really go? And that's where we really get excited because we can open up all kinds of opportunities. We can help them to see things in a different way. And we can just take it to places that they never thought it was possible. And that's really rewarding to see. I'm sure I don't need to throw a bunch of statistics and percentages at you for you to know that most of us spend too much time staring at screens. Being able to consume your content on the go means that your clients and customers can listen and learn from you without being tied to their desks. With Hello Audio, your customers can put their phones down, power off their PCs, close their MacBooks, and get the information they need from you while they're, let's say, walking a dog, doing a jigsaw puzzle, washing the dishes, maybe when they're in the car or exercising on the treadmill, sunbathing in their garden. Well, Hello Audio makes it incredibly easy for you. No more hours spent trying to figure out tech settings or trying to make a square peg fit into a round hole. You can click publish on an audio feed in a matter of minutes and have control over who accesses what. So visit peppershock.com offers and sign up for a free trial of Hello Audio. So do you think that the, because the, the way the pandemic has gone and now, you know, it's kind of a weird economy right now and people, sometimes the first thing that goes is their marketing budget even though it should never be right. I mean, we all want our clients to, to have the first thing on their mind is to make sure that they have marketing, but kind of, how are you seeing things happen and shape out for your clients and for you as a company now, like, where do you see, you know, this industry and marketing and how people view it? Where do we see it going in the next, I don't know, three, six, 12 months from now? Well, it's a very interesting question because we've seen it very like go up and down, even, I mean, it, it very much in extremes over the last call it couple of years. So we were a very new business when COVID hit and when COVID hit, everybody's like, well, I can't do anything. So I might as well think about stuff. Um, I'm going to think about my marketing. And so initially it was a nice, like, very big hit of clients who are like, I'm going to rethink my marketing plans, my marketing strategy. But then as COVID wore on, you saw all those people starting to get a little worried about their expenditures. And so you started them kind of pulling back on how much they were spending on their marketing budgets and kind of waiting it out. But now what we're seeing is a, a big influx back into the market. And, and the reason why is because it's a very, very different market than it was pre-COVID. There is a whole lot more going on in social and digital in, in that world than there was before because of just the influx of people having had to use it in the kind of in the time frame of COVID. So when you couldn't go to the stores and shop anymore, or when you couldn't network with other people anymore uh, in person, and you had to do everything through this facilitated virtual world, people started relying on tools and 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 um, different processes and different ways of doing business than they had to before. And now that we're back into a world where starting that stuff is starting to kind of emerge again. There is that big question of like, well, do I still need these things or is what I'm doing here working? 
Now, the thing you have to really understand is where your consumer is and where your consumer is going to be the most receptive and where you can cut through the noise. And especially for our clients who are in the small, medium-sized range, I mean, the budgets aren't as big as like a P&G. So you have to be very strategic in how you want to use your money. But it always still comes down to what is the best way to reach my client or my customer or my consumer with what message, with what storyteller, and with what vehicle. And that might look different than it did a couple of years ago. Yeah, and I, I would say, too, that it's been really interesting, this whole dilemma of in-person versus not, which I realize is a little bit adjacent to the question that you asked. But I think when it comes to marketing tools and vehicles, very much in the right now, as we see things like conferences come back or in-person meetings and those types of things, I think the marketing dollars quickly come into question again. So I think the world realized, and we certainly did, the power of being in person, but what does in-person look like now? And then how does that relate to what I do from a marketing perspective? So our conferences, for example, gonna go all the way back to the giant booths and the hundreds of thousands and sometimes millions of dollars being spent on those types of things. Or do they condense a little bit? And like Ann said, we look at some of these other tools that are now out there and we decide if we stay there, if things are working, or even if we try new things that we haven't done before. We haven't even gotten to the fact yet that we also have a podcast. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But recently we've had a lot of folks on and I think this is a driver of what we're seeing in the space of marketing where it's like, how do I leverage and navigate this digital world? And how do I use things like a bot versus text marketing? Or do I use them at all? And how do I use them? Which goes back to Anne's questions. But it's it's fragmented in a new way. And I think also you're seeing people try to figure out what does the world look like? How do I fit into it? And then how do I do marketing within that space? You are absolutely right. There's been so many changes and so many new technologies and ways of doing things. And I'm actually uh, had a, a, a meeting with the people who are creating event ticketing with NFTs. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. you can have an oh, yeah. NFT as your ticket. And then yep. also they do the platform in the metaverse. And so we were doing the demo and I've attended a couple of events in the metaverse. I haven't actually put one on yet, but we're talking about it next year and it's just evolving and so many opportunities that we never had before. And it's like the pandemic sort of, you know, if there's a silver lining, it kind of fast forwarded things that people were maybe thinking about or working on, but now like they had the time to do it. They had to do it because they had no other options. Right. And, and so now we're really it is going to be interesting to see, you know, in person, in the metaverse, hybrid events, all of this, all of these new ways of doing things. It's exciting. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> and for people that love this space, like all three of us, it is exciting, I think, for others, which is why we're all in business. It can be daunting. <laughs> yeah. I know it's kind of like. What, what are the new tools and how do you keep up with them? And, you know, what's the new social media apps and all the, you know, all these things that are coming out again and uh, it's, it's emerging. It's like an emerging new technology all over again, which is great. <laughs> yep. yep. Well, I think it's important too to recognize that you don't have to do all the things, right? right? I think that's the other thing that the people start seeing this new shiny objects and they got to jump into it and they're like, oh, are we being left behind? Cause we're not like in this new shiny object. And again, that's where you have to go back to the the branding fundamentals and the marketing fundamentals is like, is your consumer or your customer there? They may not be there now. They might be there later. It's always good to be vigilant, 
goodness gracious, oh, it's good to be vigilant in order to um, be able to see when your right time and when your right opportunity is, but it may not be right now. So don't feel so overwhelmed and feeling like you have to do everything right now as it's emerging. Yeah, that's a good point because if you do all things, then, you know, what's the saying? If you're all things to all people, you can't do like some of them good. I don't know. There's probably some sort of saying. Nothing, yeah. Nothing to nobody. <laughs> Nothing to no one. Yeah, yeah, yeah go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for helping me out with that. <laughs> um, okay, so you mentioned your podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. You, did you start during the pandemic and, and uh, you know, how's it going and what's what's the name of it and all that good stuff? Sure. So our podcast is named Marketing Smarts. We did, in fact, start it during the pandemic. We are now over 100 episodes into our podcast uh, journey, as I as we call it. But to the conversation we were just having, we were trying to decide for ourselves during the pandemic. And you heard Ann say we were a newer business then what to do from a marketing standpoint that would be really meaningful. Mm -hmm. And so we too were exploring all the channels and really thinking about it. And as things go, Anne was much more on the forefront given her P&G experience on PR and, and being on other people's podcasts and more of mm -hmm. that side of the business. And I was newer to it, but found very quickly that I really enjoyed it. And then we were together on a podcast and really discovered with the host that dang, we're pretty interesting to listen to. We're, you know, we, we rip off of each other. Well, we can all talk. We, we can both talk for hours. So there's that. I don't know if that's always good or bad. But this gentleman asked us if he could host a show for us on his platform. And we gave a lot of thought to that. And finally, we got to the point where we were like, well, we're looking for something to do from a marketing perspective. Why don't we just do it on our own? Mm -hmm. And so then it was all about the concept and you've heard us talk throughout this discussion about how really we get a lot of passion from helping businesses. And I know that sounds like, okay, they're do-gooders, whatever, but it really is true that when we see our clients do well, or we help them crack business challenges, or we get a new business off the ground or a new offering, that's really where we want to live. And so we thought, how can we bring that to the masses, which is inclusive of people beyond our clients? And so again, with the exercise of what do we name it and what does it look like and how do we position it and all of that. But the whole idea, is when you think about the fact that we want to be an on-demand marketing and branding agency, that's what we're trying to do with the podcast too. And really specifically, we want to bust the myths that are out there and kind of pull back the curtain on marketing. And you can really be at any level. And we look at a variety of audiences. So we have like a one-on-one -on, -one on how to build your own brand story to more complicated marketing topics like how to SEO, which is one of those ones that everyone always, you know, even if you're super tenured in your business, you might be scratching your head on how do I actually go and do that or decide if it's right for me. And then we also cover a lot of the softer topics for more sophisticated managers or people that are higher up, like vigilant leadership and how do I lead my team but not be in their business. So kind of that art of leading from afar, especially during the pandemic when no one really knew how to keep track of things or your personal brand and how to cultivate it and make sure that you're being who you are but doing that with intention. So you show up appropriately. And our whole mission is to take what we know and have learned, bring other guests on the show, have a strategic 
discussion up front framed around four key points and then immediately put things into action through our in the trenches section where we take those strategic fundamental things about marketing and branding based on the topic and answer questions to bring them to life so to my point about on demand then our listeners should be able to go and do against their business regardless of what that looks like or what their role is in it I agree. I think podcasts have definitely evolved and grown and have been, for me, I mean, I get to speak to new people every week and hear stories and share, you know, insights and information that people can use. So uh, for those listening, if you, if you've thought about starting a podcast, here's testament to why, why you should do it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about, since we are on a marketing journey, what are some tactics or things that you haven't done for your own agency yet that you want to do to help fuel your growth in the future? What are some tactics you haven't take, but you want to, you know what? I'm going to hand this to Anne because she is the, (laughs) she is the, I'm not, I'm not like putting her in the hot seat. This is just one where (laughs) when we think about where we divide our business, she's always the one dreaming up new things. And I tend to be the one saying, are we sure we want to do that? So I feel like her perspective it might be yang. it's good to have yin and yang my husband <laughs> and i are in the business together and we are definitely the yin and yang for each other so it's good it's good <laughs> you, you need to have that in a partner right or otherwise yeah, you have over index and yin or over an index and yang right <laughs> yeah um, yeah so like tactics that's, that's always an interesting one um because i yeah, and it's definitely something my brain was always foundationally thinking about and in April so gracious because she lets me test and learn even when she's like why are we doing this again I'm like let's just see let's just see all right so and we've done things from and I know you said what what we'd like to do but give a little bit of the basis of like what we've done and that kind of shows like where we want to go um so we've done things uh like traditional PR uh for for our business especially as we kind of look for some local coverage that allowed us to kind of be in our local com- uh conversation and in our local zeitgeist so that's been important so we've done some of that and, and from a paid standpoint as well because that helps you be able to control the message a little bit more than trying to pitch what you want to talk about and hoping that the person writes it up in the way that you want it to be written up So we've done some of those more traditional mechanisms, but we've also are starting to try to figure out how we can reach our consumers and our clients and our customers in ways that they can get more access to us easier. So so April talked about the podcast and and it being like a foundation of how we give free knowledge, uh, although knowledge that we hope provides a basis of understanding and education Mm -hmm. to try to help people see what marketing is really, really about, as, as, as she said. But there's also an element, okay, now what do I go do after that? So I like one of these topics, what do I go do after that? So we put things in place, one thing being our virtual consultancy, which is an access point for them to come and say, okay, I want to go deeper on one of these topics. And I want to be able to really kind of cultivate it for myself and, and see where I'm at and match what the education you gave me with where I'm at and how then can I take action from that? So we put together several uh, modules for that so they can kind of self-coach themselves through it. From there, you know, we've talked about, okay, then how do we scale that? So what does that look like? And so we've been in the process of figuring out what that looks like in, in a, which a bit of a bigger or broader standpoint outside of some of the traditional things that you would do like keynotes or trainings. And one of the places that we're going to now is we both have a very big passion for helping women, especially women in leadership positions, especially executive moms. Uh, and we just don't feel like there's enough there to really help these women think about how do I market myself 
How do I market my team? How do I then do marketing for my business? Which is three lenses the way you always look at uh, with marketing for yourself, your team and your business. And so we're starting to put that together too. And then we're having a really a lot of fun doing that uh, because it's obviously a place that we come from and we have different lenses for that. Me coming up through the corporate world and April coming up through the agency world, but we find a lot of our challenges are the same. A lot of the ways that we get in our own way are the same. And the way that society kind of puts some blocks in our way is the same. And so if we can shift our mindset in a way that helps us to see new opportunity, we can choose a different path. And it doesn't always have to feel like we're compromising in one place or another. So we're starting to think about what that looks like and how do we grow and expand that and uh, really do of service in that way and helping other women rise. I love that. That's that. That is definitely a need. And I think during the pandemic, it kind of laid a lot uh, a weight on working women, me included. Mm-hmm. I mean, I run a company, but I also, you know, have kids and it was like battle of the broadband and taking care of things and, mm-hmm. and how coming out yeah. of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is definitely a, a, a very good niche to, to support and be a part of. And yeah, uh, I can definitely relate and appreciate that goal that you have to continue to build on that for sure. Another question for you. What are some go-to resources that you read or listen to or subscribe to or are a part of or like associations or memberships or something like that that you continuously use to get your new information or trends that you see or things like that? What are some resources that you can share that our audience might like to listen in on? Yeah. So this is another place where Ann and I matched up really quickly when we first got to know each other. And that is that we are both like constant learners and we consume content just con I mean, literally constantly. And so I'll let her speak to the specific podcasts and things that she loves, because again, this is where I get a lot of assignments from her of what to listen to. (laughs) Good. But I would say that what we do is we are learners from the perspective of our clients. So when we start to see challenges or patterns or, and I think that that's really what makes someone really good at branding and marketing in this space that we're talking about in total is being able to identify, like you said, what are those bigger things going on or what challenges are we seeing over and over again? Or Anne mentioned the fact that we're starting this forthright women thing. And while it's in its infancy, we are looking at everything that's out there that we can get our hands on from a book and podcast and just publication perspective and really cluing into those things. And that's really how we do it and how I've specifically done it throughout my career is what is the next thing that I need to go and learn? Mm -hmm. And so it's more of a philosophy versus a, oh, I always go to this podcast or, you know, I'm, I'm always reading this type of business book. It's more all right, what thing is niggling or what am I hearing my clients say and what do I want to go tackle next? And it's always with the idea in mind that at Forthright People, we want to have our own philosophy on it. And so it's not uncommon, like I just said, for Anne to hear a podcast episode and assign it to me or me to read a book and assign it to her or us to be reading the same book at the same time because we're trying to dig into a really big challenge with our clients And then also just pure self-education to keep ourselves and our minds smart. 
at any given time, I typically have three books going on. One is an actual physical book. It may be business or pleasure. One's a listening pleasure book and one's a business pleasure book. And then, of course, random podcast episodes interspersed. So just being able to have the ability to read and read and read truly, whether it's listen reading or reading physically a book, it's about making sure that we're up to date, which I think is a really big challenge when you're in the marketing and branding space because there is so much to keep on, keep up on, which is why that idea of what am I going to go learn or tackle next helps to shut out the noise and focus where we're positioning our education for that point in time. And Anne, I know you have specifics. So like I said, on over to you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think for me, this has been the source of comfort as well as learning and growth. When I left PNG, I mean, as you can imagine, that was a very specific culture, a very specific atmosphere, very insular, right? I mean, joke about it, and April still jokes about like you know the PNG mindset and not knowing what, there was a big bad world outside of PNG. But there's a <laughs> there's an element that's very very true about that. So. When I left PNG, the way that I helped to manage the fear, of, honestly, of what I was about to embark on was just to consume everything that I could consume. And I think this is a really good lesson for everybody is that when there's something out there you don't know or something that you are unsure of or you don't feel as comfortable with, like you had mentioned, Ray, the whole NFT world. Go and mm -hmm. listen to as much as you possibly can on the topic. It brings in so much really fantastic insight. It's not that you're going to become an expert and you're going to be su super smart in that area. I mean, that's not necessarily the objective. The objective is like to be knowledgeable enough to be able to feel comfortable in that space, to have the right conversations, to seek out the right next steps or the right next people, to hire the right agency, to understand if it's the right thing for you. So it's just about making yourself a little bit more smarter and knowledgeable. It also helps you to understand, I think, that what you're going through is normal. Like we just talked about yeah. the business cycle, right, of what happened with COVID about going up and down, up and down. But as an entrepreneur or a business owner, it goes up and down, up and down too, right? And so mm -hmm. if I didn't know that other people were going through the exact same thing and that it's going to get good and you're going to think it's great and then you're going to come crashing back down and then you're going <laughs> to go back up, maybe, but not as high. You're going to like, if I didn't know that, that other people have gone through this and they've gotten through it and they've seen the other side, I think I would have quit like very, very early on. So I like consumed Ed Milet, Tim Ferriss, um, uh, Tony Robbins, like, and then a whole host of others that have gone through this journey or these transitions or these pivots or have really good insight to be able to shape your mind in a way that says, okay. I can do this and I can do this because I have some tips and tools of the trade and that I can put in action, but I also can do this because I'm not alone. And I think that's really important, whether whatever your medium is. Um, I also read a lot of books, um, consumed a lot of books, like April said right now, we're really focusing on understanding the landscape of how women have helped women already. Mm -hmm. And that's a really hard thing sometimes for people to go to because one, not women specifically, but any kind of topic like that, because it's understanding the landscape. And a lot of people will refuse to go do that because they don't want to know that somebody's, you know, their idea has already been taken or that the other people have done it this way. But that's part of understanding where you fit in. And as we say a lot, like, you know, marketing and branding, like the core of marketing and branding has been the same forever. That, that doesn't change. What changes yes. is 
what your take on it is, what your experience of it is. And so what makes everybody unique in the marketing and branding world is that they have gone through different experiences. They've seen the world differently. They've seen business differently. They've had different ups and downs. And so the whole objective is to find somebody that you relate to, that you resonate with, that you're like, I can see that, that is what I want. And I am going to use that as a model, not necessarily a, a playbook or a step-by-step, but I'm gonna use this as a model for how I want to be and, and where I want to get to. So that's uh, that's kind of how we approach our learning. And it make, we make it a foundational part of every day. Um, and that is extremely important is it do it in the context of other things. Sometimes I do it when I, I go on a four mile walk several times a week, I'm always listening to something. A lot of people will cop out and just like listen to music. And I understand that that's totally fine, but I use that as my learning time. So carve out learning time. It's really, really important. Uh, leaders are, are, are readers. That's that's everybody says it, and that's so true. But we, reading can be in different forms. It doesn't have to just be reading an actual book. Leaders are readers. I love that. That's that's I've heard that before, and it's so true, so true. Um, okay, so I just want to make sure we cover everything that you would like to share today. Is there anything that I didn't ask you, ladies, that you would like to talk about that I should have asked you about? <laughs> I mean, we've obviously covered a lot. I said we are not shy about talking. <laughs> um, but the one the one thing maybe we didn't talk about really directly is the side of being an entrepreneur and the fact that we both did that individually and then together. And I think it's an important thing to bring up because when I think about what we want to do for women, the strategy that Ann and I both took was to exit our careers quote unquote we didn't exit our career but our the way it looked right and find you left, you left another... comfort zone right you left yes, you left yes. What was comfortable, yes. right yes yeah. yes, yes. and so as the discussion was just going I, I think one of the questions i get a lot is oh my gosh i could never be my own boss because it would just be so so stressful i wouldn't think about anything else and it always makes me chuckle because I think about it the other way, which is since I am my own boss, I'm now actually free to be the boss of my whole entire life and I don't have to answer to anyone else. And so I think that's just another way to look at that entrepreneurial journey. But I think in doing it that way, and I'm not saying that that's the right choice, helping people see things from a different perspective than they normally would is something that is core to us. Whether you're talking about that entrepreneurial journey or the different perspectives that Ann and I have, we will literally debate in front of clients so they get comfortable with how we do the work and also understand what it takes. I mean, it's just the whole, the whole idea of perspective and um, being able to find what works for you and focusing on making that happen for you. I think there is there is so much uncertainty, right? But one of the places I feel certain is in those choices that I've made. And I think we just always encourage people to not say, well, I want that, but there's no way I can get it. But to start to figure out how and to find, like Anne said, the right tools, the right resources, the others that have been there or will be there for you when you decide that you're ready and look to those communities, not feeling like you have to figure everything out completely on your own. Oh, I love that. 
No, we call that healthy conflict. Yeah. 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 We call it respectful debate is what we there call you it. Go. Yes, we do. Kind candor. No. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of phrases for that. That's right. That's right. No, it's very good. Uh, and what about you? Anything else that uh, you wanted to share that we didn't talk about yet? Yeah. I, I echo everything that April said. Uh, and I'll add that I think one of the biggest things that I've been proud of is the being able to take the opportunities when the opportunities arise. Uh, I think so So many times we want these things to happen, but we're unsure of what the next step is and, and how to go about that. And it can look very, very different from, you know, starting you know, a side hustle, which is what a lot of people did at P&G years before they actually left the company to like, hey, there's this new opportunity over here and I want to go try it. And we get so locked in to a certain sense of success that we feel like we need to achieve in order to be who we thought we were going to be in life. And I think the biggest thing that I learned after leaving my my corporate job of 20 years and what everybody asked me, it's like, when you look back, what do you, what would you wish you would have done differently? And I really wished I would have realized that really 80% of my effort is all I needed in order to get basically 100% of the recognition. But we are so like just in tune to put in 120, 150% thinking we're going to get that little extra piece, that little extra piece that we, it's all though a reverse hockey stick. And so when we think about how much effort we're putting in to get that one extra little piece, I just say, hey, listen, if you had that 20% back, what would you do with it? What could you go do that makes it even feel like more of an entrepreneurial journey, even if you want to stay in your, in your corporate job? You know, it could be doing a philanthropy. It could be, um, like I said, starting a side hustle. It could be spending more time, you know, with your friends and going on more trips or having more experiences. So that's what I, I always like to mention too, as, as people are, are thinking about what life should look like for them. I say, really rethink about what success looks like for you as well. And really see if that success that you want is really tied to what's going to fulfill you and make you happy because it can look very different. And it then it, it provides a new sense of power for which to take action from. And we didn't mention, but I had a business coach uh, right when I was thinking about leaving PNG, all the way through, we had it just recently, went to just recently. And now we're pulling in different coaches to help us refine different parts of our business so that we can grow um, and understand what different points of view and how different points of view can help shape in and uh, really help bring up, up, up something that's new or something that's growing in ways that you may not have anticipated. So I would say to that point too, look at coaches, really, really, really look at coaches. It doesn't have to necessarily be us. And we're not saying it has to be us, but think about who can help you and in, in who can really help hold you accountable to things that you might want to do that you might be um, really struggling with trying to figure out what the next step is. Uh, you're right. I think coaches being a mentee or a mentor, you know, pay it forward. I think it's great. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Well, ladies, uh, I think we should probably wrap it up. We, we could, we could probably keep talking for hours, but oh, uh, for sure, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, how do people reach you if they are interested in learning more? Yeah. So forthrightpeople.com 
forthright-people.com, sorry, is our website. Also check out the podcast Marketing Smarts and also I'll put the plug to please, please rate and review. All of you podcasters or listeners know that, or maybe you don't, that it's super valuable for those of us that put in the work like this, like Ray's show. And um, those are ways to help us really continue to grow and get the word out. And then my email is april at forthright-people.com or I'm also super active on LinkedIn. Excellent. And yeah, mine's very similar. And uh, at forthright-people.com or you can reach us at on LinkedIn and uh, you can reach Forthright People on LinkedIn as well. Yep. Excellent. And on Instagram. On Instagram, right. Yeah. (laughs) Very good. Well, thank you so much for all of that. And I will echo uh, ratings and reviews are absolutely like gold for us. So (laughs) thank you for that. Uh, And until next time, everybody enjoy your marketing journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.